Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. to the Omega Man Radio Network. Uh, tonight is a live broadcast. I'm uh, broadcasting from the studio here. And uh, I'm trying something new tonight. I'm trying to uh, broadcast not only audio, but video. And so if any of you have the internet, uh, you can go to OmegaManRadio.com and you can see my ugly mug. Uh, it's time for a hair dye job again, I must admit. Uh, I do have the coffee tonight, and I'm looking forward to my guest, Barry Chamish. A friend of Omega Man Radio, he's back on tonight, and uh, he's going to be giving us a situation report on what's going on with the Barcelona Conference, uh, the Mediterranean Union, and some other diabolical things that the Pope has dreamed up. So uh, without further ado, let me get uh, Barry on the line. Barry, are you with us tonight? I sure am. Brother, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on tonight. Thank you for coming on short notice. Oh, uh, my pleasure. Uh, pre-warning, I'm going to be slow tonight. Um, I've still got a bit of a flu. Well, brother, uh, we'll make it happen, so uh, take your time. Well, the facts. Luckily for me, I've been following these facts for a while, 
so I can almost uh, just <laughs> do them by rote. Uh, look, it's not just one little um, issue going on. Uh, you have to go back in time, and not that far, to September 2nd, uh, when Netanyahu and Mahmoud Abbas met in Washington Big, you know, a very big meeting that was underplayed with King Abdullah of Jordan and Mubarak of Egypt. They all went to meet Obama in in Washington for a grand summit. Now, on paper, nothing happened. I mean, nothing. Uh, but behind the scenes, a ton happened. Look, the first thing you have to understand is at the exact same moment that Netanyahu was in Washington with uh, Obama, uh, President uh, Shimon Peres. Uh, by the way, the Israeli presidency is supposed to be entirely decorative. There's not supposed to be diplomacy, but there is. Uh, Peres was in Rome, now meeting the Pope, at the exact same moment that Netanyahu was in Washington, uh, meeting the Big Five. Now look, what Perez, uh told the Israeli people was as usual a lie. Uh, he said he's meeting the Pope uh, because the Pope has promised to intervene uh, to bring back the kidnapped Israeli soldier, uh, Gilad Shalit. Somehow the Pope could care less about this. But the Israeli people are just so so worn down. Uh, they, they didn't even question why he was going. Uh, I did, of course. And looking at the timing that he was in the Vatican when Netanyahu was in the White House, of course they were all joined by Skype or whatever else. Uh, the negotiations in Washington included the Pope in Paris. And, of course, no one, for some reason, is reporting this fact. Uh, but, again... The Pope did not invite Paris to discuss the kidnapped soldier. This was all leading up, and we'll do it in stages, but it's all leading up to a meeting of something called the Mediterranean Union. This will be in Barcelona um, on November 20th. We'll, there will be peace in the Middle East. That's what they promised us. They've got this terrific meeting set up for Barcelona where the uh, five members of uh, European members who border on the Mediterranean backed by the EU um, meet with the five Arab countries also on the Mediterranean. That's why it's called the Mediterranean Union. It's uh, European Mediterranean countries and, and African uh, Mediterranean countries. But needless to say, in the background, there are all kinds of people and countries still Watch out for this thing called the Mediterranean Union, and there are reasons for this. I'm, I'm going to give you a prelude before we dive into it. Now, if we do it by dates, September 2nd, the Pope in Paris, well, Netanyahu and Obama and the rest of the gang are in Washington. That was just the first meeting. There have been a series of very strange events. Now, this month, uh, there were two big ones. Um, well, just a little over two weeks ago, there was 
an interfaith gathering in Barcelona, which apparently has been held uh, every year since 1986. And the subject this year, of course, was Middle Eastern peace. Uh, what a shock. Now, this is the diplomacy of the Vatican, which I don't even know why they bother. The Pope sends a message to this interfaith council, this gathering, uh, this three-day rejoicing over, over peace in the Middle East. And this gathering invites the Pope to Barcelona for the, well, of course, the Middle East Union, uh, the Mediterranean Union Conference in November. Now, how they had the opportunity or the gainsay to invite the Pope to the to Barcelona, and who could care less, quite frankly, right. this kind of diplomacy is taking place within the Vatican circles, and to them, for some reason, it means something. Uh, which is why we're missing, look, looking at Vatican diplomacy, it's all internal. They may bring in outsiders. Again, Obama, Abdullah, Mubarak, Abbas, Netanyahu, they're all outsiders. But Perez is not. Shimon Perez is uh, a murderer. Uh, he knocked off Rabin. He knocked off Sharon. He is the most vicious well, he is a politician who has been literally a spy for the Vatican for over 50 years. And I'm not going to dive into that. I can actually talk for hours. But we're not talking about who Perez is and what his background is right now. We're just saying that when Perez meets the Pope, it's like brothers. They work hand in hand. There's something about the Washington Conference on September 2nd that was all tied up to this upcoming Mediterranean Union conference on November 20th in Barcelona. And it, it, it was a very big conference in Washington, including the president of Egypt and the king of Jordan, and barely anyone paid any attention to this. Right. Now, yes? No, absolutely. It's like, uh, I can care less about the Pope. You know, I'm certainly not going to kiss his toe. And, I'm not uh, talking about the Pope. I'm talking about Obama's meeting with Netanyahu and Abbas. All right, let's start again. On September 2nd in Washington, Netanyahu met Abbas. Surrounded by Mubarak and Abdullah, it was a major, major conference uh, on Middle Eastern peace. That's the one no one could care less about. It oh. came and went. It seems like nothing happened. Now, something did happen in that they were connected with Paris and the Pope on, at the exact same moment on September 2nd, Thursday. Paris met the Pope in the Pope's quarters in Rome, and it was this was the meeting. It was Washington and Rome. And just try and find someone who made that connection. And if you're looking at this, it's not that hard to make that connection. But nobody did. And I'm just used to this. Uh, really, what, what I consider obvious diplomacy uh, is apparently lost on the rest of the world, and I can't figure out why. But nonetheless, uh, the events keep happening. Now, after this meeting in September, uh, at the be well, I'd say the very, very beginning of October was the Interfaith Conference in Barcelona 
three days of interfaith talking about the Middle East. And during those three days, this conference, which supposedly has been held every year since 1986, big deal. And nonetheless, the Pope sends a message to the Interfaith Conference, and they invite him to come to Barcelona, what do you know, November. Well, November, there's a conference in Barcelona, the Middle Eastern Union Conference, uh, that's going to bring peace, peace to the Middle East, and lo and behold, the Pope will be coming to it. Now, they didn't say this. They just said, to Barcelona. Uh, if he doesn't show up, uh, I would be immensely, immensely disappointed. The Pope is invited to the Middle Eastern Conference on November 20th. Uh, 20th. Now, keeping uh, all this in mind, and by the way, there's plenty of background, but we may as well keep it simple. Uh, the background, uh, well... Certainly, the Israeli side, how they can sell out to, to the Holy See time after time, is by the same people, and I'll go over that. But there was, and this is important, there was a two-week synod. It's still going on at this very moment in Rome. A two-week synod with 185 uh, dignitaries worldwide are there to discuss peace in the Middle East. I mean, these are really the bishops and cardinals. I mean, this is big stuff for for the Vatican. Another meeting where they're discussing peace in the Middle East. They're very, very determined to get peace their way in the Middle East, and they're now spending two weeks. And it's going on right now, just so you know. They are discussing well, what they're discussing is by uh, November 20th in Barcelona, they're going to shove some sort of deal down everybody's throat, and they're going to have the world's diplomatic backing for this. Now, what interested me about the Synod, which began about two weeks ago, the Pope gave the opening um, address. Now, you didn't have to read that deeply uh, in, into these devious words he was saying in his opening his opening line he he says that the holy land exists only in our minds and now you would think that means nothing and in fact uh the holy land exists more than in our minds it's a very physical uh land in in, in land that's got um a, a holy history but he makes this statement, and where is it leading? Well, the next line is incredible, that we, that is uh, Catholics, we have to mediate with the Jews. Again, this is over the Holy Land, but he doesn't say that. He has to, we have to mediate with the Jews and then through Christ. And then we will reach salvation. Now, yes. try and, pardon me? <clears throat> no, I said yes. I, in fact, um, I got that, and um, the Pope is saying, basically, I'm caring less uh, about the uh, Abrahamic covenant. Keep on going. I, I interrupted you prematurely. Uh, they need to get that whole paragraph in context. What else does it say there in that article? 
Well, if what article? Well, you sent me an email today. Um, well, that, I'm I'm uh, going over the background of the article right now. I mean, uh, all right, back we go again to the CNOT, uh, which is either ending uh, today or tomorrow, or uh, it has already ended. It was a two uh, two week CNOT on peace in the Middle East. Now, the Pope's opening statement, and it's not that hard to figure out. Uh, you know, when he double talks, uh, you know, with forked tongue, uh, what, what, by the way, a snake has a forked tongue. That's where, uh, the expression comes from. What he's saying is that the Jews have got to go to Christ and then there will be salvation. Forget all the other stuff. We must mediate with the Jews and then turn to Christ. What he's saying is we have got to get these Jews on our side, and then, well, that's the solution. Then we will have our salvation. Now, the fact that it's not going to bring a lot of salvation to the Jews or, frankly, uh, non-Catholic Christians, uh, neither, neither to the Arabs. I mean, it's only their salvation. But this Synod, now I'm going to go over the guests, a few of the guests to the Synod. Uh, now, it gets a little tricky if, if you don't know my work. And a little later, I'm going to tell you how to, how to read my work and, and, and see it. I've actually been following this for long enough that it's, that I'm pretty comfortable with it. Most people aren't. The organizer of the Synod is Father David Jaeger. That's J-A-E-G-E-R. Now, he was the one that with Shimon Peres, President of Israel, and Yossi Balin, who at the time was the Deputy Foreign Minister of Israel, they negotiated the Vatican Agreement of 1993. And that agreement, of course, um, well, simply Israelis don't understand that the Oslo so-called peace accord and the Vatican agreement were one in the same accord. Now, I could go on and explain that, but I'm, I'm not going to right now, um, or we'll get really, really lost. Uh, let's just leave that statement dangling, and uh, if need be another time, I'll go over this. But Jaeger was the Vatican representative to Paris and Balin. Now, Jaeger was a Jew who became a, uh, a Catholic in 1986, uh, which, again, uh, you don't negotiate with a turncoat Jew. I mean, that's just a giveaway. This is not what uh, Israelis or Jews do. You don't put your trust in a Jew who becomes a Catholic bishop. Well, and, and for good reason, which I won't dive into, let's just do Jager right now and what he really, really stands for. Now, uh, way back, um, well, way back, 1992-3 was when Jager entered the picture. Now, what, what Jager believes, and he has said this in Israel time and again, that Jerusalem is illegally occupied it was illegally occupied once by jordan and now it's illegally occupied by israel that jerusalem has got to be an international city 
Now, what that means to the Vatican, of course, is, uh, well, it's ours. Now, this, again, you have to go back to the Vatican Agreement and what Paris promised. Paris promised the Vatican hegemony over the holy sites of Jerusalem. In essence, he promised the Vatican, uh, the old city and East Jerusalem, and the deal was the Vatican, out of this enclave, would grant the PLO a capital. This was the famous uh, Vatican Agreement of 1983. All right? Just keep that in mind. That's what Paris offered the Vatican, and he brought the Vatican into the Oslo Accord. And, and Arafat, three days uh, before the, the Declaration of Principles, that was uh, the agreement pre Oslo, by about two months, accepted that this is how it would be done. Israel would hand over the old city of Jerusalem to a third party, the Vatican, who would give the PLO a state in this enclave. That wacky agreement is on paper. And by the way, um, I have personal uh, stories revolving around Balin and this Vatican agreement, but in short, the leaders of Israel, well, Paris certainly, he's the president of the place, betrayed Israel and gave the holiest spot in Judaism, uh, the old city of Jerusalem, he gave to the Vatican. Now, I can go through all the proofs and I'm not going to do that now. I've got the flu and it gets a little, it slows the story up. But what it comes down to is Jaeger is the one organizing the synod that is now ending in Rome. He was the Vatican's organizer for the synod on peace in the Middle East. Of course, we'll all find out what they agreed to in November when the Mediterranean Union and the Pope show up in Barcelona. But let's look at uh, the other well, one of the other representatives, the, one of the other representatives is the representative of Israel, Rabbi David Rosen. Now, lest you think uh, that uh, he is an independent rabbi, Dr. David Rosen, well, I don't know how many papal knights were Jews. I think it's like three. He's one of them. He is the Knight of the Pope, and he is representing Israel as a papal knight. Look, there's all kinds of other background. The guy came from Belfast, a very, very Catholic community. Uh, it's a long story, but Israel's representative is representing the Vatican and not Israel. Along with Jaeger, who is supposedly a Jew who found Catholicism, these are turncoats. They don't represent Israel or Israelis, except at this conference, at this synod, where the Holy Land exists only in the mind. And as Jager says, Jerusalem is illegally occupied by Israel. In short, they agree. Israel's representatives at the synod will agree with all this. So just to sum up before we go on uh, uh, to the next stage, uh, 
we have got ourselves, first of all, a Washington meeting where the Pope and Paris are joined by Skype with the uh, uh, leaders, um, well, of Egypt, Jordan, Israel, and the so-called Palestinians. They all gather together with the Pope. This is followed by an interfaith gathering in Barcelona where the Pope sends a message and the gathering invites the Pope to Barcelona in November. That's his excuse for showing up. Apparently he was not invited. He needed a silly excuse. So that's stage two. Stage three was the Synod. And this, again, uh, we may have time uh to discuss what it what the synod really means, but other things have come up as well. But the synod is preparing for the Middle Eastern Union Conference, which is going to bring peace. And by the way, it's not going to be Israel's idea of peace. Uh, it's going to be, uh, and it's not going to be just the Vatican. They're going to have the diplomatic backing of everywhere. Come November, Israel is going to be trapped. But neither here nor there. The Synod ends during the Synod. Something quite remarkable has happened. Now, again, I don't want to dive into the depths of King Juan Carlos of Spain. And it's, again, this is not conspiracy theory. He, he truly has a Vatican title. He is the guardian of the holy sites of Jerusalem, while we may find that quaint and antiquated and all this kind of stuff, they take it very seriously. Juan Carlos was one of the founders of the Mediterranean Union. It all, it's only been around two years. Right now, the co-chairmen of the Mediterranean Union are France uh, and Egypt. That's Mubarak and Sarkozy. They now here again, so your your listeners don't get lost. There was supposed to be a meeting today between Mubarak, Sarkozy, Abbas, and Netanyahu in France to prepare for the Mediterranean Union conference. The co-chairs of the Mediterranean Union were there. Uh, were supposed to be there. It was canceled by Israel and Abbas. They didn't want to show up to this meeting. We don't know exactly. I haven't got the details. I don't know if anyone else has the details of why exactly they didn't show up. But they decided not to show up. Which, of course, well, that means that there's probably trouble in peace land. Um, wait, I'm hearing a noise from you. No, that's okay. I'm uh, just navigating a chat at the same time. I want to make a comment, though, Barry. You know, um, I really don't care what the Pope thinks he's entitled to do. Um, and that's really the shame because I don't know what right he has to, to mediate anything. Uh, and if you look at this Pope, this is the same guy, Ratzinger, who was part of Hitler's youth party. Oh, he was a lot more than that. That that's what the Israeli rabbi, Chief Rabbi Metzger, he met with Ratzinger this week and he said, Look, every German had to join Hitler Youth. The Pope was a volunteer in the Wehrmacht. 
And not every German had to do that. He was a Nazi. So let's let's not do this Hitler youth nonsense. And, he know, was because, in the Nazi army. Well, absolutely. And uh, in addition to that, you know, a few moments ago, you read a quote from the Pope. For those just tuning in, we've got Barry Chamish on live. Uh, tonight, this is a live program. We're talking about the Mediterranean Union, the um, the Barcelona Concord. And uh, let me quote but, something here you sent me earlier today, Barry. Barcelona Conference. The Conference, absolutely. Uh, this is a quote from the Pope. Salvation is universal, but it passes through a specific historical mediation, the mediation of the people of Israel, which goes on to become that of Jesus Christ and the Church. Now, that's yep. from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Well, he goes on to say... The way is not simply to be understood as the possession of an earthly territory, an earthly homeland, an earthly quote-unquote promised land. This land is not of this world. The whole of the divine plan goes beyond history, but the Lord wants to build it with men, for men and in men, beginning with the coordinates of space and time, which they live and which he himself gave to them. Which means nothing. It means you don't have sovereignty over your own capital. Uh, That's all that... Uh, and I'm going to translate it, folks, is to heck with what God said to Abraham, that I give all the land that you see and you step, put your foot on to your seed and the generations that come after you. The Pope is saying de facto that Israel doesn't have any promised land from God, and therefore is saying that uh, they're squatters on the land that God gave them. I say, screw the Pope. And well, that's easy. that's easy to say uh, when you don't have his power. And clearly, uh, the organization behind this peace in the Middle East is not good for Israel. It's got five Arab states united with five Mediterranean Union states backed by the EU, and they're all going against Israel. Uh, Israel doesn't have an ally in the lot. Now, by showing up, and by the way, Netanyahu said he'd show up to this thing, uh, you know, make it official, whatever... Whatever is passed there is essentially the world. Now, just keep in mind, the Pope apparently has a great deal more power uh, than it is properly understood. All right, this is, um, you know, there's not re- really a lot of Catholics left in Europe. They've been abandoning the church uh, the church is up to its neck in, in molestation and rape charges. It's a very messy church. But the power that goes along with the church is something that's not understood. You don't need people to be Catholic. You need countries to be loyal to the Vatican. And they include France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Portugal. And these countries have armies. And as one example of many... In the year 2006, Hezbollah and Israel had a war which Hezbollah ultimately won, and and Israel had to clear out of its entire north. Uh, They sued for peace or agreed for peace. The countries of the world met in Rome, where it was decided a new army, the Unifil Army, United Nations for Lebanon Army, would separate Israel from Hezbollah. And... They're 85% from Catholic countries of Europe. And by the way, when the next uh, war breaks out, and it's going to be a very, very nasty 
and and very ugly confrontation, which Israel really, really could lose. These are the people who are going to get on the next boat back uh, to Europe. They're not there to separate forces. They've let Hezbollah rebuild to the point where they now have over 40 or 50,000 missiles, and Israel is going to be in a first-class pickle. Nonetheless, we may be getting lost here. The power over Israel by the Vatican is enormous, down to the troops supposedly preventing the next war. So don't underestimate, don't underestimate the Vatican. They've got, they've got the players in place. And it was agreed to at the conference in Rome, the American representative was Hillary Clinton. Don't oh, underestimate this. Uh, this goes uh, beyond uh, what you perceive as uh, political reality. The Pope really, really is representing a major power in the Middle East, and it is not a power for peace. That's that's putting it mildly. Any truth to the rumor that uh, the Pope uh, wants to relocate um, his headquarters to Jerusalem? Well, that of course is uh, that of course is the um, uh, Catholic. Uh, well, go back to the Crusades. It's the same thing. It was they. Uh, all of Europe didn't gather in waves of, of soldiers uh, to attack just, uh, I don't know, Haifa, Tel Aviv, wherever you want. They were aiming for Jerusalem. And in 1099, they got themselves a Catholic po uh, pope, well, a king. Uh, Frederick Barbusa took over Jerusalem, and you had the Latin kingdom of Jerusalem. I don't think that this policy was a one-time deal. Jerusalem is the holy city of Catholicism, not Rome. And they want it back, and they sure don't want the Jews calling it their capital. Uh, this is this Barcelona conference, the goal of it is to get the Jews off the holy ground of Jerusalem. Probably they can keep West Jerusalem, but the old city... And East Jerusalem was promised to the Vatican by Shimon Peres as part of the Oslo Accords. It was called the Vatican Agreement of November of 1993. Israel already promised them this, and they're going to get it. Now, just to, um, again, there are important points um, that we shouldn't miss, and I'm trying to go over the previous points and it makes sense. Spain did something fantastic two weeks ago. They, and this is Juan Carlos. And Juan Carlos just opened um, uh, a new Mediterranean Union trade office in Malta. He was the one who dedicated it. He's, he's got his fingers all through the Mediterranean Union. What he, there was a ceremony in the Spanish government, where the Palestinian office, remember, there is no Palestinian nation, so they have a diplomatic office, and you're the head of the Palestinian office. Well, they made the head of the Palestinian office the ambassador from Palestine to Spain. They recognized Palestine 
which doesn't exist as a country, not yet anyways. They recognized it as a country officially. The Moritanos, the president of Spain, Juan Carlos, the king of Spain, they got together and they named the head of the Palestinian mission the ambassador to Spain from Palestine. And this, by the way, was ridiculously ignored, but it is, it was tremendously significant. Palestine exists in the Spanish mind. So you're going to have a conference in Barcelona where Palestine is now an equal partner. I mean, who, who, are, the, world? who are the Palestinians? They don't even exist. I've never, never had a president, never had a king. They're not anywhere to be found in the Bible. Well, that's a separate issue. They exist today, uh, and uh, that, that, that's old history. What you've got now are a bunch of people who think they're Palestinians, and every, every attempt diplomatically has been made to get a Palestinian state going. Whether it's righteous or not, it's so deep now, it's, it, it's very hard to turn the clock back on this one. Very what is the problem with Netanyahu? Why doesn't he just flip him the bird and tell him to bug out and get out of our land? Netanyahu is a filthy crook. What are you talking about? Netanyahu is as crooked as anybody. He's more crooked than anybody. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, do you think he's like an honest spokesman for the Jewish people? And Look, I don't want to go through Netanyahu. But I'm just I'm going to say one fact. Uh, his is also a history. You've got to get my books, and I'm going to tell you how very shortly, if you want this background. Netanyahu, in 1992, was an actual member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Netanyahu was so bought and sold, and it has been for so long, uh, by the American, well, let's say, purveyors of secret diplomacy. Uh, to actually expect... Uh, an honest word out of him is ridiculous. Uh, and by the way, Israelis don't expect an honest word out of him. I don't know why you would. No, no, that he he's he plays a different game than Paris. Paris is just outright spy for the Vatican, but Netanyahu is outright agent for for the Council on Foreign Relations and and uh, the American dipl secret di diplomatic. Uh, core uh, of the American government is the CFR. Netanyahu is right in tune, lockstep with them. Yeah, you know, nobody can ever get a fair shake, Barry. I mean, it's it just makes me sick. Even over here, we're talking about elections that are coming up or even started now. And, you know, they've got these electronic bulb machines which are manipulated. So, uh, you know, the public, whether it be the American public or the Israeli public, um, we really have no say in the matter. It's all these secret societies like the CFR behind the scenes pulling the strings. Which yeah. is a shame, you know? But uh, uh, we can do something. Uh, and this isn't the topic of this show, but we can bind and loose and do some spiritual warfare against these uh, demonic spirits behind these people. And that's the top well, one. Well, they're, they're way ahead of the game right now. And um, they really... Uh, have their fingers in the real diplomacy that we're all going to be stuck with. Now, look, don't for a minute uh, think that Barcelona's wrapped up yet. Uh, they promised, that, look, the Mediterranean Union is not very old. It's two years old. 
and already they have a conference uh, where the Pope has announced that he will show up. You've got a conference in Barcelona where they have sworn they will bring lasting peace to the Middle East. And who the hell is the Mediterranean Union? Who's ever heard of them before? And how do they put together a conference? Well, where everyone is going to show up. I mean, that's a major question. They're two years old. How do they get to all this power all of a sudden? Well, for one thing, they've got the power of the papacy and King Juan Carlos and the EU. Everybody's closing ranks behind this Mediterranean Union. You may never have heard of it, and quite frankly, I don't think most people in Europe have heard of it. No, let me tell you something. Uh, you were the first one to break the story that I know of. I'd never heard it until the last show we did, and uh, you told me about it, and uh, we're certainly not getting coverage here in America. Oh, no. Uh, but again, if you're on the Internet, just type in Mediterranean Union or Barcelona Conference, and this is very real. Look, it's a very frightening thing uh, when you consider uh, uh, what preceded it. Remember, the Inquisition is back. I mean, this is Spain. Uh, you've got a Nazi pope, and of course you have the Jews, which who are just going to, uh, to be, uh, well, they're going uh, to have to recant um, or, uh, or die. I mean, you've got, look, you've got the Muslims and the Catholics who have no love for Israel coming together under a Nazi pope in Spain, the precedents uh, for, for, for the Jews are horrible. They're, they, I can't find words to tell you what a rotten, rotten thing that this conference really is. Uh, only I can say is the Inquisition is back. No doubt about it, and uh, I believe that uh, it is the Catholic Church that is the one that I uh, talked about prophetically in the Bible, the, the woman that rides the beast. It's sickening, frankly, and, um, you know, this is going on beyond, a, you know, behind the news. Uh, we're not hearing about it, and they were supposed to have that meeting today, huh? Well, no. November no, the 20th. No, the Barcelona. November no. 20th. Okay. No, it's it's not for a month. There was oh oh I see what you're getting. There, Sarkozy was supposed to meet Netanyahu and Abbas today in Paris right, to prepare okay. for the meeting. Yeah, right. that got canceled. Well, praise God for that. Uh, maybe, um, I, maybe. Okay, uh, we don't really understand why well, it got canceled. Is he? Does he have any Jewish blood in him, or is he a Jew that calls himself a Jew and is a counterfeit? What are you talking about? He's a Catholic. Well, what do you mean a Jew calls himself a Jew? Well, he's a Catholic. You know, the, some have some have said that he may be Jewish, but uh, I don't believe so. Um, his he, I think it's there is Judaism in there uh, somewhere in his family, uh, but again, this is. These are turncoats. It's again, right. it's back to David Rosen and David Jager. Uh, these are not Jew Jews. Uh, oh, this is a separate topic. You know what? Let me plug my books. 
I can't begin to dive into it if you don't know who I am. <laughs> I, I, won't, uh, I won't take you down that road, but yes. Um, tell us about your books and how can people find them, Barry? Yeah, I, I think this is your best bet. To un- uh, my books are full of Vatican, full of information. Shabtai's uh, labor Zionism, the Holocaust, is very relevant. Go look at my books. They're at lulu.com www.lulu.com When you get there, write in my name, and that is C-H-A-M-I-S-H. That's how you spell Chamish. And it'll get to the books. And by the way, to download a book costs five bucks. To get it sent to your house, that's something else. Uh, But you can have it in your computer in like a couple of minutes for five bucks. And there's a bunch of books there. My website is barrychamish.com. And you know what? I'm going to add, I have a bunch of DVDs on the Vatican. um, Really? Yeah, you can order them. I'm going to leave you my phone number if you want to order the uh, DVDs. You just dial 904-315-8079. That's 904-315-8079. Awesome. That's you know, it. You know, Barry, uh, the word says in Genesis 12, 3, if you bless my people, I bless you. If you curse my people, I curse you. And uh, so that's why we support Israel here. We're friends of Israel, and uh, you're Jewish brother, and God bless you for coming on tonight. I, oh, uh, I, I'd enjoyed it. By the way, if my voice goes, <laughs> I'll give you like two minutes' notice. Uh, from this flu, but I want to get the story out uh, till my voice does give in. Now, what we've got, again, the canceled meeting of today, you're right, it was today, but that was a minor meeting, that was a prep meeting. We don't know why it got canceled other than Netanyahu and Abbas. Look, you have to remember why you're not getting information uh, right now and why it's all Europe right now. You've got these midterm elections, and your president, uh, and for that matter, anyone uh, running for office, can't be seen to be squeezing Israel. That is just not good for the vote. So right now, vis-a-vis the United States, Netanyahu is getting a little building done, and Abbas is getting a little stalling done, because Nothing can be said from America right now. Nothing. But once the midterms are over, November 15th, boy, are you going to see America get involved in Barcelona. You're going to see the axe swinging. But right now, you can't. I mean, these are ob- I mean this is obvious. The United States cannot be seen pressuring Israel uh, over this, uh, over a promise to, uh, to bring peace to the Middle East at Barcelona, November 20th. That's not a good electoral, uh, electoral issue. So America's quiet right now. But what's going on in Europe, I mean, it's just nonstop action. Look, there's a, a point uh, that uh, you should understand. And uh, it may be a long shot, but... I'll bet you I'm right about this. Uh, I was on the phone. I've got a very good informant um, um, about uh, the Vatican, and especially 
lately about the Mediterranean Union. Now, she she's coming from a, uh, well, some sort of Christian perspective. I don't know, uh, one from another. Uh, I only deal with facts, and she has been very, very good at giving me facts. And then I... Then I sift them, and I uh, I keep the ones that are relevant, and whatever my process is, she's a great informant. Now, what we've been discussing is Juan Carlos. She was convinced uh, that he was put there by the Vatican to take care of Israel. And by the way, uh, I have a book called Save Israel, where uh, you know Juan Carlos is practically the anti-hero. Uh, he's just everywhere. On November 20th, is the 35th anniversary to the day, by the way, that, um, uh, um, oh my goodness, <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, the fluke caught up with me for a second. Oh, the 35th anniversary, uh, well, um, that uh, Franco died. He died November 20th, of 1975. And then Prince Juan Carlos became the king of Spain. Right. Now, again, most people will just say, so what, it's a coincidence. But these people are very, very uh, aware of, of things like dates and doing things by proper, they would not call it astrological, but it's, it works out to the same thing. Uh, they take numbers that they see as significant, and they, and they plan things around it, and they think it'll bring them luck. I would say that Juan Carlos taking over 35 years uh, to the day when the Barcelona conference ends uh, is probably no, it is definitely no coincidence. Yeah, you know, some people have said uh, even Juan Carlos could be the the anti messiah. Uh, well, yeah, there's a book on that, which, by the way, I found useful, even though the thesis is ridiculous. Uh, the, oh, I'm sorry, the flu is coming back. I warned you about this, at least. Well, that's all right. We're, we're going to pray with you before it's over with. Keep on going. You're prepared. I told you about this beforehand. So. Amen. Look, there, there's the theory that he's the Antichrist. I don't believe in Antichrist. That's not what I'm... Uh, involved, and he has a title from the Vatican to protect the holy places of Jerusalem, and he takes it seriously. This is what he really is. Now, as for, well, I imagine if there, if the Vatican Accord signed by Yossi Balin, Shimon Peres, and again, Father David Jaeger, and the Pope at the time, and so forth goes through, I imagine that Juan Carlos could end up the king of Jerusalem, but this is imagination right now. Now we're guessing, and I don't like to do that. No, I know you like uh, to stick to the facts, but clearly uh, this guy, uh, he goes back a long way. You know, he even claims that uh, he can trace his uh, ancestry all the way back to uh, Jesus, which uh, is bullcrap, but, uh, you know, clearly... Um, he believes he's um, the, one of these anointed ones, you know. And now the uh, the Pope has uh, actually empowered him with a title. Uh, these guys... No, he's always had the title. It, it, I don't think it was bequeathed unto him. I think there's some sort of family tie. But it doesn't matter. The title itself goes back 
uh, to the Crusades. Uh, it's, it's not a modern title. Nonetheless, what we take seriously and what we don't has nothing to do with what's going on in Barcelona coming up. The Vatican really, really takes this diplomacy as, uh, as, the, as their reality. Now, one thing about the Synod and that opening statement by the Pope, our reality is not the Vatican's reality. As far as they're concerned, Israel doesn't exist. Now, I'm going to give you, well, Father David Jacobs uh, said in Haifa in 1994, he said that uh, Israel and Jordan, no less, illegally occupied Jerusalem. It cannot belong to a nation because it is of the mind. Whatever the Vatican thinks of the mind means. And they can interpret that any old way, and they can make it sound as convincing as heck, but it's not grounded on modern political reality. A lot of people are going to get mighty hurt if the Pope manages to squeeze Jerusalem into an international city that belongs to nobody. Uh, it won't be without bloodshed. You don't get it that cheap. Absolutely not. Um, these guys mean business, and uh, there's going to be something coming out of that. And I just want to put in a side note, uh, televangelist Benny Hinn uh, was cited up in Rome a couple months ago. Of course, he was walking hand-in-hand -hand with another televangelist, Paul White. Uh, they caught that and you know put it up on the National Enquirer. But uh, what was interesting was that uh, it was reported that he went in to meet with the Pope. So I believe that there's another tie-in there. And you've got the Catholic Church is going to try to tie into the mainstream televangelists uh, as part of this one world religion. So there's a lot of different variables going on simultaneously. Um, they're looking to uh, unify the religions and also take over Jerusalem. Well, I, I would, again, uh, I mean, that's a hint of something, uh, but I, I would narrow it down to the, to the concrete fact that there is a conference coming up in one month in Barcelona of a new organization called the Mediterranean Union, which joins European and uh, Arab uh, nations with shoreline on, on the Mediterranean in this union. And by the way, I mean, this is just the early Roman Empire. I mean, this, this is what the Roman Empire looked like. Um, well, around 0 AD, that's what the Roman Empire was. Let me ask and you a question. It, uh, no one's probably asked you before. Is Ratzinger does, does he was he ever married or had any kids? No. Is or no. is he possibly a homosexual? Oh, I don't know these. Again, uh, again, um, I, I I stay away from. Uh, uh, this has no impact on the diplomacy whatsoever, uh, so I stay away from it. Well, there are rumors. You've got a lot of details, so I thought you'd be the guy to ask. There are rumors of uh, sexual misconduct being uh, covered up. But again, in the Catholic Church, um, it's so widespread. It's coming out to so many countries now in Europe. Uh, Belgium and Ireland are becoming uh, the two latest. Well, they're actually being honest and pursuing the, uh, well, the priests, what it comes down to, the rapists the child rapist, right through their courts. And the the position of the Catholic Church, um, 
uh, amongst the Catholic people is very, very low. And I don't know if they can ever recover from this. I really don't. But again, power doesn't necessarily derive from loyalty. There are other issues at stake here. Whatever causes the Vatican to convince Obama to have a meeting by, by Skype with the Pope and Abbas uh, and, and Netanyahu in Paris, they've got the kind of power that, that goes through uh, uh, diplomatic channels like a knife through butter. And I'm going to repeat again in case you didn't understand it. The forces preventing a war, they say, between Israel and Hezbollah, which of course also means Israel and Syria, uh, with a good chunk of Iran thrown in and so forth, are the southern European armies of Unifil put together in Rome in 06 to stop the war, uh, basically against Israel. Now, I don't know if that, if, it, for, well, it's easy for me to follow all these statements. Uh, I know this stuff by heart. Uh, your listeners, I would think, are getting very, very confused by now. Did I lose you? Are you there? Yes, I think. Well, if you can hear me, I definitely I'm, cannot uh, hear. I'm back. Uh, Barry, I'm back, Barry. Uh, I was using the Skype that OB is using, and uh, it it kicked me off the line, but it took me a second. I'm back on now with you. <laughs> uh, there's been no delay on your side, so keep on going. Oh, I didn't say anything except I couldn't hear you. Oh. Well, you know, that's um, my statement to that point. Uh, remember, I'm doing this under flu duress. Well, you know, I want to take this moment here and just pause this show. I'm going to pray for you right now, Barry, because uh, we, we move in the uh, the prophetic and also the miracles here. So would you allow me to pray for your virus right now? Well, I'm Jewish. If you happen to know Jewish prayers, well, um, that's I've fine with a, me. But. Okay. I'm going I'm to lift it up right now. And I'm asking the believers out there to pray for Barry right now because uh, he has been ill there, and we need him to stay strong so we can keep covering these stories. So right now, Barry, in the name of Yahovah, in the name of Yeshua, Hamashiach, we lift Barry up right now, and I bind any spirit of infirmity that has been attacking you. I rebuke the foul spirits of infirmity. I command all viruses to dry up right now, to be gone from him right now. Be healed right now in the name of Yeshua, with the blood of Yeshua right now. I command any infirmity to leave you, and I break any hexes and vexes and witchcraft off of you, and I command it to go back to where it's come from, and any curses that have been uttered against you, I find them right now in the name of Yeshua, and I command them to go back to where they came from sevenfold. Be healed right now, Barry, in the name of Yeshua. Well, that was kind of optimistic, but I've still got the flu. It, it's all right. You, you just want time will take out. care of it. Amen. Now, keep on, keep one on. last thing. Pardon me. Keep on going. Now, one last thing uh, um, that I should bring up, and I'm just going to again. You have to get my books if you want to follow this stuff. And again, they're at lulu.com, that's L-U-L-U.com, and write in my name, C-H-A-M-I-S-H, and you decide from that. Jesse Balin, a name you may not know, but I know very well, he was the negotiator of the Israel-Vatican Accord of 1993. 
I interviewed his, uh, well, I interviewed Ron Pudak, who wrote the Oslo Accord, one of the two Israelis to write it. Uh, I went there with my, at that time, my partner was Joel Bainerman. We met in a Tel Aviv uh, coffee house. And we were about to leave. Uh, Pundak said remarkable stuff. I mean, he was, he thought we were so sympathetic to him. But he, as we were almost, as we were getting up to leave, he said, you know, my boss doesn't believe in borders. And his boss, of course, at the time was Jesse Balin, and Balin's boss at the time was Shimon Peres. And I didn't understand what the hell he was talking about. I didn't understand that at all. But Joel did. Joel had entered this this realm of, of, of thinking that most people don't do. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, borders cause wars. If we got rid of borders, there wouldn't be wars anymore. And I said, well, if we got rid of borders, there wouldn't be Israel anymore. Yeah. And he tells me, no, there'd be something much better. Israel would join in this, again, Mediterranean Union. That's what he called it. It would be a, Mediter a Middle Eastern Union, I'm sorry, a Middle Eastern Union. Israel would be right at the center of it, without borders. And we supply the roads and the hotels and the gas stations from all the trucks going from Libya to Iraq. And, and there'd be no Israel. There'd just be this wonderful new union. But there'd be no more war. And I, first of all, I said, I, I just, Joel knew what he was saying. I had never heard a concept like this before. I said, that's, you're saying that's the real goal of Oslo? And he said, yes. He said, that's where the Oslo peace is going to lead us. Now, again, I've written this in my books. No one has ever disqualified it. No one has ever, well, for one thing, uh, Ron Pundak could have said that we're making this up if we were, but we're not. He actually said these things, and Balin and Paris were negotiating between Israel and the Vatican. Their view is that Israel goes. It goes, and we become all one big, happy world family. And without understanding this, you can't understand what's going on in Barcelona, and you can't understand where the power is coming from. You have to understand this. This is what they, well, from day one when they organized the Vatican uh, uh, Agreement and the Oslo so-called peace agreement, this is what they were aiming for. And people just don't understand. These guys are nuts. <laughs> right? I mean, they're wacko nuts. Well, they need to this do what, is the, what they yes. said they're doing. That is, bring about a new world order. Uh, they want to unify everything, take us back to the, uh, the Tower of Babel. Well, they didn't use, uh, certainly didn't use terminology like that. But nonetheless, in outright words, he talk, he spoke about it, that Israel's borders disappear and we all are one happy family and we're never going to go to war again. And he thought we would be delighted by this prospect. I, look, I'm going to repeat, the people who organize, well, who will be at the Barcelona conference in one month, the MU conference, 
they're absolutely nuts. And this is a very hard thing for people to understand. They've got a plan that's unworkable. And it's unrealistic. But they're going to push it down everyone's throats. That's what's coming up at Barcelona. That's what you can look forward to at the Middle Eastern Union Conference in a month. The only hope I see is that the the pre-meeting conference that was supposed to be today in, in Paris somehow broke down. And maybe that's maybe that's a good sign, but that's that's the best I got. Well, you know, uh, things have been delayed before, and we can certainly pray and do some spiritual warfare. Um, so we'll praise God for the for the delay there. What else? Um, all right, story? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure that that'll actually do the trick either. But uh, just keep in mind. A lot of people are waiting for this conference to bring peace to the Middle East, and there's going to be something going on in a month. Wow. My goodness. Do uh, you see any other um, countries joining into this uh, Mediterranean Union? And no, you have to be on the Mediterranean. That That's the whole point. What about uh, well, you know, Israel someday could join and Turkey someday could join, I suppose. But for now, it's five European and five Arab countries. Uh, that's for now. Okay. With, of course, the backing of the EU. But again, these countries aren't on the Mediterranean. It's supposed to be a happy family, all on the shores of the Mediterranean. Interesting. Uh, did did Cyprus uh, link up with them yet? With who? Uh, this Mediterranean Union? Cyprus is a divided country. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't work so uh, hard on Cyprus. Malta are in. Interesting. Knights of Malta. <laughs> well, I don't think it's connected, but Malta is one of the MU countries, uh, one of the European MU countries. And again... Ultimately, I suppose every country in the Mediterranean will unite and form this Mediterranean Union. I imagine, but again, I'm guessing now, and I, I want to cut that out for now. For now, there's 10 countries with lots of people backing them, but there's only 10 countries on the Mediterranean part of this union for now. We've got a question out of our chat room. Uh, we've got some people that uh, are new to the program, and uh, the question everybody wants to know is uh, what's the status on Ariel Sharon? He's waiting for a brain transplant. Because they uh, scooped out the other one, didn't they? They basically dissected it. Now, uh, No, they didn't dissect it. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, He's uh, waiting for a brain transplant. He's sitting there lying on his bed. When a proper brain comes along, they'll transplant it. Well, yeah, but let's get real. Uh, he was poisoned when he was drinking a cup of tea, isn't that right? Yeah, he was knocked off by Paris ages ago, and he's obviously not waiting for a brain transplant. So what I, I don't is, even understand uh, the question. He's well, dead. So, well, he is. And so what I heard is after they poisoned him with the tea, uh, they said he had some kind of brain swelling, so they cut his skull open. And uh, No, 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 no. no. That's, none of that happened. None of it. He had a stroke on December 18th after having tea with Paris in the Knesset. He started feeling bad, and he got taken to Adassa Hospital by Yoram Rubin, the one who pulled the trigger on Rubin, the same gang 
but they didn't kill him. So the doc, and this is where the doctors started feeling guilty. They prescribed him stuff that would turn the stroke into a cerebral hemorrhage within a couple of weeks. And two weeks later, he had a cerebral hemorrhage far from the hospital, far from uh, the safety of Jerusalem on his farm in the Negev. No, no, they, they killed him all right, but it, it took a little longer, a couple weeks longer than they expected. Well, a mistake, all right. Yeah, the, uh, the Mossad give them brain hemorrhages in Israel. Over here, we would give a guy a heart attack, and he would drown in his own uh, hot tub. <laughs> well, it did the trick. Whatever, they gave him a stroke directly. Perez was beside him when he had his first stroke. Uh, it wasn't quite powerful enough, so they got him two weeks later. So now, hey, did you hear some news the last couple of days? Someone has done some kind of um, uh, wax sculpture of him laying in his hospital bed. Did you pick up the news story? Uh, why would that be uh, significant? Because uh, the statement was that uh, when people saw this, uh, it uh, it sat in the hearts of the Israelis, and it kind of wanted to, you know, uh, ramp up some emotion in them for, you know, patriotism and something like that. I, I don't, don't know, know what that is. Israelis couldn't care less about Sharon. I don't know what the whole gist of it was, but I, I saw this a few days ago. But, uh, yeah, they just had a picture of him just looking out of a window at the trees or something. Um, so, uh, so they did a death mask or something. No, no, they, what we got, they got rid of Sharon again. This was a power play by Paris. He ended up being president. Olmert ended up being prime minister. After Sharon signed papers uh, naming him the prime minister while uh, he's being treated in Hadassah, Olmert leaves the house and that's it. No more uh, Sharon to worry about. And Olmert takes over. Look, this is the very dirty part of Israeli politics. It's a very scary country. Uh, very, very scary. The politics there are, are just Deadly. Um, well, here's the question. Not... How long... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. How long is Netanyahu going to last? Or is he running the show right now? He's going to last as long as he wants. He's the big ambassador of all of them. Okay. Um, do you think anything would have been different if that uh, ex Mossad leader, the lady, had won? I don't remember her name. Um, I'm not sure what you're saying. You remember the lady that ran against Netanyahu in the elections? She used to be oh, a former head of the Mossad. Livni, what's she got yeah. to do with anything? Well, so uh, would it have been any different, or was she controlled by the same group? They're all controlled by the same group. You can't run for leadership in Israel without being an out-and-out spy. You don't just rise from the ranks of the population and, and build a party and run for Knesset and, and represent the people. I don't know that uh, if anyone believes that story anymore. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the truth, but uh, it's like that all around the world, it seems. Um, yes, yes, it certainly is. But you know what? It's worse than this. Well, it's a smaller country, and you can keep tabs and all this stuff. Uh, America, of course, is uh, entirely... You cannot grow up poor and get backers, and and you got to be rich, and you got to be well connected, and you got to be dirty, and all this kind of stuff, and you got to be a member of 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 the well, the organizations of the ruling elite, of which the CFR is the big big one. Yeah, it's it's the same everywhere, but 
Uh, I'm telling you, the leadership of Israel is really criminal. So what's going on at, on the ground in Israel uh, is uh, Hamas and Egypt and the uh, the Arab uh, Arabs, are they still amassing weapons waiting for an opportunity to strike again? Of course they are. That goes without saying. Israel will be in a rocket war. Something will spark it and will probably be destroyed in two or three days. Well, there is some hope. I think it will probably suffer some casualties, but it's not going to be totally No, no, it will be destroyed. There will be no Israel. It will all be Palestine. Israel can't take a rocket war. Right now, there's about 125,000. Many of them are medium-range, precision-guided missiles sitting in Syria with all kinds of chemical and biological weapons. Israel lost the war with 4,000 missiles aimed at her over 34 days. Try that amount in one day, all aimed at Tel Aviv. Why not just just drop a neutron bomb over there and microwave them? Why would you? You may as well just do it to yourself. I mean, what are you talking about? What what are you talking about? You you think that Lebanon and Syria are, uh, Lebanon and Israel, or Syria and Israel are very far apart? You may as well just nuke yourselves. No, a neutron bomb spreads the same way. But it leaves the buildings intact, so you can go in there and occupy. Yeah, but it kills you on the way back. (laughs) And by the way, I don't believe in this stuff no matter what. You don't start nuking people. Uh, That's not... uh, Maybe as a threat... Uh, that if uh, if you do this, we'll nuke you. Maybe it's a threat, but okay, now we've got a question do- out of the chat room. Um, Barry, here's the question: it says, "Ask Barry, when will the war with Iran take place? What's your thoughts on that?" Never. You think it's all hype, or and what? Uh, of course it is. Never. All the joy over there has been saying. Oh, that's nonsense. That's complete nonsense. There's no war with Iran. I, but- I'm not even considering that. Well, I mean, you know, he always has uh, this rhetoric that he says, you know, he wants to take Israel out and push it down into the ocean. Everything comes out of his mouth, seems to be. So he's got Hezbollah and Syria right on the Israeli border. What do you think? Iran is going to join in and and march 1,500 miles? Ridiculous. It's it's not even this. Don't they have that new Shabab missile over there? I'm sure that they've got a Shabbat missile over there. They don't need it. Uh, By the time uh, Hamas, Syria, even Hezbollah, even the PLO, I mean, Israel is surrounded by missiles. Uh, Iran's a supplier to Hezbollah, and it's a supplier to Syria, Uh, but they're not going to be in any war. Interesting. Well, who says they're going to be in war? I've never heard of it. I've heard this utter nonsense that Israel will be attacking Iran. Right, little Israel is going to go 1,500 miles to attack a country of 80 million people. I mean, I've heard some really wacky stuff that people believe, uh, but I ignore it. There's, there's, uh, I mean, that's just so obviously uh, impossible. <laughs> well... I, I, I kind of believe that Israel will take the first strike, um, but um, you know it has a right to protect itself. And unfortunately, they've had corrupt politicians that have listened to our corrupt leaders, and they've kept giving away the land. And they should have maintained the maintained the land uh, that God gave them and stood well, their ground. That's all fine and nice, and I agree with that. But you have to go back to 1993. 
and start reverse, reversing history from 93. And this generation of Israelis who have grown up in the Oslo world don't even remember those days. Oh, man, that's so sad, Barry, but you're probably right. Uh, what about uh, Syria? You don't hear much out of them right now, but... Uh, you hear plenty of them right now. What are you talking about? They're, they're buying scuds all over the place. Uh, they've got precision, medium-range missiles. Uh, they can knock out Tel Aviv on the first hour of the war. Yeah, you know, they may be the, actually the ones that they see the trouble out of first. You know, there's a prophecy about uh, Damascus turning into a ruinous heap. So No, it's nonsense. It'll be Tel Aviv turning into a, uh, a ruinous heap. What are you talking about? Man, I sure hope not. Well, we all hope not. My whole family is there. How's your, uh, uh, but, how's your family doing, by the way? Um, it could be a lot better. I got a, one son in the Army, a daughter going in. Um, I mean, this is personal, what's going on. And you've got to be realistic about what's going on. The next war is going to be just devastating. Really, it's, I, I don't know if Israel can fight their way out of the next war. Uh, missiles, that's the one thing Israel has already lost to. They lost to Hezbollah in 06 over lousy missiles, crummy missiles. Uh, and not all, not all that many, 4,000 is enough. But when you consider that there's 125,000 now aimed at the country, uh, I don't. I'll tell you something. It, it it does not look all that good for Israel. Well, no, I agree with that statement. It doesn't look good, and it's going to get pretty bad. But you're forgetting one thing, Barry. Uh, God is not a man that he should lie, but he watches over his word and perform it. And he has given that man to the Jewish people, and God is going to keep them. Um, and what if that doesn't happen? Are you going to stop believing in God? No, I, I believe that ultimately, probably, uh, they'll get overrun for a time, and maybe even Jerusalem will come under uh, control of some of these world powers. But in the end, God's going to work it out. I'm not saying you're not going to go through the fire, but... Uh, Meanwhile, all my family and friends are dead, uh, and it's not all that good of... Um, uh, I agree, I, I agree I, with you, brother. You, you are right. Uh, they are on constant alert over there, folks. I mean, uh, they have to be because uh, people think Israel's a large nation over there. It's very small. Nobody right? thinks that. It's not even, it's the size of Connecticut. Well, I'm talking people who've never been there before. But when you get there, and I've been twice, you realize that you've got enemies within a five mile period. I mean, uh, area. I mean, so uh, things can happen pretty fast, to my point. But we're certainly going to be praying for them. How many uh, sons and daughters do you have, Barry? One of each. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, this is a personal thing, and uh, no matter what I say, I'm plenty worried. Uh, but again, that country, uh, the people running that country um, are, are, are so crooked, and there's no stopping them, and they've really, really brainwash a, a section of that population uh, to really be anti-Israel. I mean, actual Israelis who are anti-Israel, and you've got a whole mess going on there uh, with with the media and the government, and I'm not sure that the people even matter anymore. Man. It, it, is, a, it is a sad situation, I'll tell you. Um, but I'll tell you, it's uh, it's going to 
will be a powder keg all over the world. Um, I believe something's getting ready to happen, Barry. Uh, there's no question about it. You know, I was awakened the other day at about 3 a.m. in the morning. And uh, when you get awoken at 3 a.m. in the morning, normally it's one of two things. Either you're under a demonic attack or God's trying to speak to you. A lot of people will tell you God will wake them at about 3 a.m. I guess it's when, you know, he can get your attention. And the first night I, you know, woke up and uh, I thought maybe I was under a witchcraft attack because we go after a lot, of, a lot of the occult on this show. And, you know, the occult is real, folks. And attacks are real, but uh, you've got to do spiritual warfare. So I prayed, and then I went back to bed, Barry. Second night came around, and uh, I heard this beeping going off on my computer. It was like beep, 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 beep. It was like a, uh, a Morse code signal. And I, I'm a light sleeper, so I woke up, and I said, what the heck's that? It was my computer speaker. And I looked at the clock, and it was 3.10 a.m. And I said, uh, what's going on here? Second night in a row. And I said, well, maybe God's trying to talk to me. So... I got my Bible out, and I uh, opened it up uh, to the prophets over there, and it just fell open, actually. And it fell open over into uh, the book of Isaiah, Barry. Isaiah chapter 13. And if you read that chapter, uh, it's talking about the desolation of Babylon in the day of the Lord. Uh, you know, it's a, it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall... Uh, let me back up here... Um, yeah, but that's already happened. This is uh, well, but this a new is, time, uh, and the history is different. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, a time yet to come, and uh, the day of the Lord is going to be, you know, a day that uh, we don't want to. Oh no, it came. Isaiah was speaking 400 years uh, uh, before Israel was uh, finally uh, broken up by the Romans. It came. What he was prophesizing what was coming in his time, and it came all right. Now, what's happening now? Um, well, you can find anything you want in the Bible, and you can uh, do a parallel. But I'm telling you, the Bible didn't know about missiles, and they didn't know about being surrounded by them. And, uh, there are so many factors that are very real today. Uh, listen, and, the Bible prophecy sometimes has dual, triple layers of fulfillment. There are some things that Jeremiah prophesied that still haven't happened yet. But the, the Jeremiah verse... was right on the nose. He prophesied that Israel will be broken up and then Samaria uh, was taken to Babylon. These people were right on the nose for their time. Uh, but well, again... Absolutely, in, in some areas there, but I'm saying that he still gave a prophetic word for the end days. I mean, Isaiah 13 talks about the desolation of Babylon, a day where there'll be nobody dwelling in the land, and all you have is basically lizards and owls running around. Um, my, my point is, is he was giving a, a look into the future, which I believe that we could be coming up to in these last days. So here's my point. is uh, I got this word, okay? And I said, okay, God, what are you trying to say to me? Because I have had God speak to me out of his word before. And I closed the book, and I said, I'm going back to sleep. But not before I turned on the... Uh, the Bible on CD, and I just jumped it over to the book Isaiah, hit play, and uh, it should have started playing in chapter 1, and lo and behold, it started to play in Isaiah 13, the same verse I just got in the Bible. Well, that was a confirmation God was trying to get my attention. Well, you know, I know something about the day of the Lord. It's not going to be a good time to be alive in, and so here's what happens. I went back to sleep. I awoke several hours later to Jeremiah 50 and 51 playing. And once again, it's talking about the destruction of end-time Babylon and the Chaldeans and the daughter of Babylon. And many people believe that uh, 
Babylon that it's talking about in those prophecies and also Revelation 18 uh, is none other than uh, America Babylon. Well, again, that's an interpretation. As I say, the way I do my work, um, uh, let's just say that I personally actually go to uh, synagogue every Saturday uh, when I have the chance, and um, uh, it provides uh, uh, something in my life. But again, the way I'm reading modern contemporary history, I'm digging. Well, let's let's just say that what other people for some reason can't join together, uh, I find it very easy to join. Uh, uh, well actual meetings and synods and conferences and organizations and it's a bit complicated but uh, that's what I do and uh, that's what I'm pretty good at uh, the biblical stuff I mean I'll leave it to you well we're talking about some real stuff here tonight folks uh, you're not hearing about the Mediterranean Union on the news uh, you're probably not hearing much about these uh, meetings with the Pope and uh, King Juan Carlos and Obama and Hillary Clinton and the rest of these guys and gals, but uh, their plan is real, all right, and what they want to do is they want to disenfranchise Israel of its God-given land, and the Pope wants to come in there and be the de facto king of Jerusalem and take that area over. Yeah, that's about right. So that's, that's about the right summation. <laughs> oh, excuse me again. <coughs> this is this is what I do, and just be glad there's someone out there that's bothering to do this. Uh, uh, and again, I'm not bragging when I say this. I don't see anyone else doing it. Well, you know, I, I appreciate you, Barry, and uh, the fact that you put your life on the line to get in there and cover these stories. Um, give your information out again on how people can get a hold of you and order these books. Right. I, I think the timing is right. <clears throat> I'm starting to cave in here. Oh, to get my books, you go to lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U.com. There's a search box right in my name, C-H-A-M-I-S-H. -H. You'll see my books. And again, downloading five bucks, getting it sent, sent to your house is more, uh, but it's worth it. Um, and if you want to join my, uh, well, my a uh, news list, which every two weeks or so I gather this stuff together and I send it out. Uh, just go to my website, and that is barrychamish.com. And if you want, well, you can invite me to speak, or you can buy the DVDs, which are not sold on Lulu. Um, just phone me, 904-315-8079. Again, 904-315-8079. I guess that's it. Barry, uh, God bless you for coming on tonight. It's always an honor to have you on, and uh, you're welcome on here anytime, my friend. We'll look forward to having you on again soon. Well, when you phone me, I'll say yes. Thank you very much, Barry. Bye. Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. That was Barry Chamish. Um, and, folks, I'm sorry if I'm uh, screaming uh, over this microphone tonight. I've got to find the setting that will allow me to get some feedback in through the years, but uh, I'm going to try to lower the tone. Let me know if this is too low or too loud. Um, but yeah, for some of you that uh, did not tune in the other night, let me t share with you what happened to me. Again, I literally woke up two days in a row. And if you get woken up at around 3 a.m., you know, either you're under a, sat a satanic attack 
then you better start praying and, you know, cover yourself with the blood of Jesus. Or it could be God many times. It's usually God that is waking you up and he wants you to pray uh, or he wants to talk to you. And so I open the word of Philip in Isaiah 13. It's talking about the desolation of Babylon. Let me read an excerpt. In Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees excellency shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation, neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. But wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures. Owls shall dwell there, and satyrs shall dance there. And the wild beasts of the island shall cry in the desolate houses, and dragons in their pleasant places, and her time is near to come, and her days shall not be prolonged. Um, Stuart Best did a study on who in time Babylon is. There are at least 140 biblical parameters that a nation must meet to be the end time Babylon that's talked about in Jeremiah 15 51, here in Isaiah, Revelation 18. And you could take these biblical parameters and go do the searching yourself. Apply them against any nation on the planet right now. America is the only one that fits all 140. Now, don't take my word for it. Uh, look at a guy named Dimitri Dudeman. Dimitri Dudeman, for those of you who do not know, smuggled more Bibles into Russia and Romania than any man that ever lived. He was arrested by the secret police over there during Cusco's reign back in the 80s. They put him on the electric chair three times to kill him. They still couldn't kill him. They almost did, but uh, God spared his life. Uh, they beat him so badly, he was laid in a bed for three months, and people would come from around the world, take pictures on him, and then shake their heads walking out, you know, this guy's a dead man. He would just beat up so badly. Yet, uh, one day, God sent an angel in there, and the angel told him, he says, you know, Demetri, you've suffered enough, now get up. Oh, my goodness. Uh, have I been talking here into dead space? <laughs> it just said I've been reconnected. Uh, I don't know at what, what point I dropped off. This sucks. Uh, stand by here. I may be having technical difficulties. Can anyone hear me out there? I'm using uh, Skype, so what can I say? You know, you've got some trial and error. Okay. Um, okay, folks, I'm going to remind you to tell me where I left off. Did I, uh, did I share my testimony about Isaiah? Okay, I'm going to assume that I did. Um, so, you know, I get the, the verse in Isaiah. I go and turn on the, uh, the Bible on CD. Flipped it over to Isaiah, hit play, and I went back to lay down, and boom, started Isaiah 13 again. What's the chances of that? Should have started Isaiah 1. So, lo and behold, um, here we are. I've got a, a, a confirmation from the Lord that he's trying to talk to me, and he's giving me Isaiah 13. And it's talking about the day of the Lord is at hand. Okay, you know, how for what's coming on on uh, Babylon. Well, I drift off to sleep. I woke in the morning. It was still going. The, the Bible and tape. King James is the one I use. And uh, it's playing Jeremiah 15, 51. Now, come on, guys. Uh, that, that's not a prophetic scripture. I don't know what it is. And that uh, also ties in with uh, Revelation 18. Here's what I did. 
I knew what Jeremiah 50, 51 was about. Before I got cut off, I was going to tell you that uh, Dimitri Dudeman was given that same uh, verse. You know, here's the guy who smuggled a ton of Bibles into Russia and Romania. They tried to kill him. God told him, uh, you've got four years to smuggle all the Bibles that you can get in. And then they're going to uh, come over and arrest you and your family and kick you out of the country. To the date, the day, and the hour, uh, he knew when the communists were coming for him and his family. They had their bags packed the day they got the knock on the door. And Michael Bolday, his grandson, who uh, runs Hand of Help now, remembers the day very well. And he said uh, they came to the door. They came in here to uh, tell us, you know, we needed to pack our stuff. We were going to be ejected. And boom. You know, they opened the door and they said, well, what the heck? Uh, how do you know we were coming? And, you know, Demetri and then just probably get giggled. You know, God had already warned them. But the point is they got uh, sent out of the country, went to Paris, almost killed there, and then ended up over in uh, California. In California, make a long story short, uh, God sent an angel to appear to Demetri Dudeman, this Romanian man. Uh, that served him overseas, and now he's sitting in America, and, you know, they've got nothing. They're living in an old uh, apartment. Uh, it wasn't fit for dogs, literally. And he's sitting out on a stoop one day in front of the apartment complex, you know, his wife's crying, you know, why did, you, why did we have to be brought here, Dimitri? Could we have just died in our own country? Why did God do this to us? And he sees these headlights coming right at him, and he uh, gets ready to jump up and run because... Uh, if that had happened to him in Romania, it would have been like the secret police come over to run him over. That was his first uh, impulse. Well, there wasn't anybody in, in driving a car. It was actually Angel. Angel stops him and says, Dimitri, I want to show you something. And he was given a vision of major cities all across America being destroyed by fire. He was shown, for example, Las Vegas, San Francisco. Uh, I believe he was shown New York City. The... Uh, Florida Coast, Louisiana area, you know, like New Orleans and the Florida Keys. Every place he was sown was, you know, basically a homosexual capital. And God said, these are a Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to destroy them. And, uh, you know, with the emphasis here on Sodom and Gomorrah, go back here to Isaiah 13, and that's tied into that scripture. You know, if God is not uh, destroyed, then he'd have to repent to Sodom and Gomorrah because you know, the, the sins have risen up, and uh, if God doesn't judge the innocent parish, then surely we've exceeded their sins. And the point was that uh, he said, I want you to go warn America. I want you to tell them judgment is coming, to repent, uh, and, uh, you know, sound the alarm. And he, for a number of years, he went around. He didn't even speak English, okay? He, did, he spoke Romanian. He had his 12-year-old grandson at the time, uh, Michael, that would uh, interpret. Now, if you'll go to YouTube and you'll type in Dimitri Dudeman, uh, go over there and watch uh, his sermon, okay? He's invited to a church and speaks about the fall of America. Folks, it's, uh, it's scary. Uh, but he wasn't the only one that saw that. Jonathan Hansen, World Ministries International, shown about seven locations that would be hit with Nuclear, biological, or chemical attack. Henry Gruber saw the subs surfaced off the east and west coast. The Russian subs saw them lob their, probably the cruise missiles, and uh, it was all she wrote for us. Dimitri was also given a 
prophecy that we'll have a red dawn invasion. He said, when there is a, a crisis in America and the government is busy in the internal civil war, the Russians, who know where the nuclear power plants are, will sabotage them and then from the south, Mexico, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Central America are going to invade up through the southern border. I'm talking red dot. So he goes into a prophecy conference one day. At the prophecy conference, uh, he's supposed to follow this other speaker who's just finishing up saying, you know, folks, Bible were in the last days, you know, Bible is being prophecy is being fulfilled. I want everybody to get up and on the count of three, I want you to jump. And we're going to fly out of here, just like that. The moment of twinkling of an eye. Praise God, we're not going to have to be here to endure any persecution. Ready? One, two, three. Jump! He said, that's how fast it's going to be. We're going to be just cut out of here. I mean, it was some crap like that. I've been in services like that. Where they'll tell you all the, the facts of what's going on, uh, show you where we are in Bible Scripture, but then they'll say, well, you know, good news is we don't have to worry about that. He's sitting there, and he's kind of shrinking down in his seat. He's saying, dear God, you want me to get up and tell them that America is in time Babylon, it's going to be judged with fire? They're not going to believe me. Not unless you can show me in the scripture where America is mentioned. He says, I, I won't even get up there, God, if you don't do that, I'll be laughed off the stage. God spoke to him and says, Dimitri, America is in the Bible. Jeremiah 50 and 51 in Revelation 18. And he gave me some other verse. You go to this, folks, and when you see mention of Babylon, substitute the USA. And we all know that there is a geographical Babylon. Okay, but uh, one of the parameters that you would have to be to be in time Babylon is you've got to sit on many waters. Um, the, the merchants of the, the earth uh, deal with you, you know, you, there, I mean, there's nobody's doing any business with uh, Iraq folks. The only thing they're getting out of there right now is oil. And uh, you just go down the list. I mean, it's very clear. America's in time Babylon. I put my money with uh, Dimitri. And he gets up there, folks, and just laid it out. And you know what? He spread this this word until the Lord took him home in the, in the late 90s. And uh, the point of it is, um, folks, we were the golden cup in God's hand. We did take the light of the gospel to the whole world. We used to send missionaries out everywhere. Now we're a nation that's forgotten about God. Our own leader says this is not a Christian nation. And folks, we need missionaries here now. The point is, uh, judgment is coming. I get this word and I say, dear God, I've known about this. This isn't a surprise to me. God, you know that I've been awake. What are you trying to tell me? Is it finally upon us? And it's not something that you want to hear, folks. Okay, I would like to think that we've got another 20 years. You know, I often wonder, you know, why was I chosen to be alive during this time? We could have been born, you and I, any time in the last 6,000 years. Think about it. Even if you had been born, you know, 100 years ago, you could have lived your life, punched out of here. You know, things have been pretty good, huh? Well, it's not any just chance happening that we are alive. God has a plan for each and every one of us. Some are vessels of honor and some are vessels of dishonor. The point I'm making, getting back to the subject here, is that 
I shot this prophecy out to some friends, and I got an email back, actually. Excuse me. Rick Wiles, True News, uh, who we're going to have on the show here in a few days, uh, wrote me back, and um, he said, you know, thank you so much uh, for sharing this word that you got. Because he said, you know, God spoke to me and gave me a word. And I said, okay, let me read it. And uh, here's what he said. Thanks for sharing this word from the Lord that you were given last night. Yesterday, the Spirit impressed upon me to read Haggai. He says, in Isaiah 13, it says, Therefore, I will make the heavens and the earth shall, I mean, I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. And Rick said that God gave him Haggai 2, 6 and 7. Verse 6 and 7 says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. So we have both received the same message yesterday, Rick. Folks, we are in the last days, okay? And I believe that uh, a great shaking is coming, and something is getting ready to take place here, my friends. Um, we're on the fast track. This could be the fall of America this fall. You've got gold and silver going crazy. You've got people jumping on their jets, flying to Fiji, like Tony Robbins. You've got other people that are leaving the country. Uh, maybe they're the smart ones. Um, this is going to be ground zero here in America, okay, when these shots are fired off. In fact, people are taking shots at the Pentagon, I heard the other day. Now, you just don't know what's going to happen when you wake up. One day, the whole world can change. Uh, and it's honest, folks. Um, we don't have a lot of time. I believe America is in time Babylon. You know, it talks about the daughter Babylon, the Chaldeans. We're in there, folks. Um, and judgment starts first in the house of the Lord. It says, if the righteous scarcely would be saved, where will the sinner and the ungodly appear? Don't take my word for it. Take Jesus' word. What did he say in Matthew 23? He's given the signs, you know, earthquakes in diverse places, nation rising as nation, kingdom against kingdom. And he says, um, those are the birth pains. And he says, they shall deliver you up before the synagogues, before the rulers, and the judges, and uh, many of you they shall put to death. Folks, that's coming here in America. I hate to be the one to to tell you that, that we're not going to get out of here early. No, God has not appointed us to his wrath. But the wrath, the day of the Lord, okay, as it plays out, at the, that's at the end of the tribulation. You know, um, but persecution and tribulation, you can count on that. Jesus said, they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Is a servant greater than the master? The point being is we need to be ready. Now, if you will accept the fact that we've got to go through some tough things before we uh, we either see Jesus return in the sky or we lose our head. And, you know, we step out of this body, be absent the body the present for the Lord. Then you need to understand that uh, if you know this is coming, then it's not going to be a shock to your system, as it will be for those people that uh, would turn us off if they heard us talking about this right now. They say, you know, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear anything depressing. I just want to hear that God's going to make me a millionaire. Mike Murdoch said that if I uh, sowed a, a $54 seed tonight, I mean, you know, I'll have a ton of money coming in. 
I mean, it's crazy, but it's true. That's what they say. Uh, he's going to come like a thief in the night, folks. And uh, many are going to fall away. Many will have hearts fell them for the fear of what's coming. They were caught by surprise, falling away. The great falling away means mucho personas. Lots of people. The key here, okay, is understand the key is the patience and the faith of the saints. That's the key if you want to have a chance to make it. You must be patient during the persecution. We can't knee-jerk and try to take up arms against this new world order and fight it, because that's not the way out of this scenario. If you pick up the sword, you're going to die by the sword. All right? If you're meant to go into captivity, in the captivity you will go. There's some that are meant to go into the theme of concentration camps. God forbid. And that's what it says. There's some that they're going to fall away. There'll be multitudes, I'm sure. They say, this is, I didn't sign for this. I thought I was getting out of here on the first flight out, and I'd uh, have everything that I wanted materially. Benny Hinn tells me that uh, we should have our best life now. That's what Joel Osteen says. Your best life now. You know, there's a video up on my Facebook page that someone sent me, and you can hear Benny Hinn actually say that uh, he wants it all now. He wants to arrive broken heaven. I mean, I mean, he wants to. He said that he doesn't want to store his reward up in heaven, okay? He wants his heavenly bank account to be broke. He wants it now. Folks, it's sickening. But um, we're going into some bad times. Probably most of what we have will be ripped away from us. That's why I want to say praise God for those of you that listened to last night's show. Understand what it means when God says, if you lend to the poor, you went to me and I will repay. Um, and I want to thank those that uh, are working with us to feed the, the children of India, the Vizag project that we talked about last night, because the, the fact that you've been obedient to the word of God and you're going to feed the poor, especially his, his children, God will remember you uh, during the hard times to come. That's really the only hope we've got, folks. They want to seize all the IRAs right now as we speak. They're probably going to have a banking freeze, okay? They're devaluating the dollar. The money's going to be worthless. It'll be like living in Argentina when the collapse happened. And uh, what are you going to do? And then they'll probably confiscate uh, people's food stores that have been prudent and been putting back food. I mean, you know, it can all be taken away from you, either by the government or at gunpoint by your neighbor. What will you do at that point in time? Well, we better be able to trust in God, and hopefully we've done something that God will remember us when we're in need, like feeding the poor, the widows and the orphans. So my point here that I'm making tonight is I've, I got a wake-up call the other day. So did Rick Wiles. We are in the time of the end, folks. If I'm wrong, we'd get out of here earlier. If I'm right, folks, most people are not going to be prepared. They're going to fall away because they didn't prepare for the contingency called the tribulation, to suffer. Millions have died overseas. They didn't get out of the secret rapture. So uh, we just need to be prepared and be ready to, to endure till the end, be patient, keep the faith, 
And if they uh, offer you your life or your head, tell them, take my head. It's quicker way to glory. Step out of here, you'll be in the presence of God, and you will get a martyr's crown. Right now, I bind the foul spirits in Buck Wilds. I bind the strong man in him. I bind the power demon and the gatekeeper. And I'm asking some believers out there to pray. We're going to pray for Buck Wilds tonight. Buck Wilds, we love you, brother, and we thank you for coming in tonight. And right now, I bind the strong man in you, and I bind any demonic foul spirits that are afflicting you right now. Come out of him right now and go to the cage in the name of Jesus Christ. Pour the blood of Jesus on you right now. Father God, I ask that you loose the Holy Spirit to convict him of his need for your son, Jesus Christ. God, send ministering spirits to him right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bind up all your uh, demonic spirits inside of you. All foul spirits, go into the cage right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. I bind you right now. I weaken you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Get into the cage right now. In Jesus' name. And I cover it with the blood of Jesus. I pour the blood of Jesus into the cage. And I ask God you to loose angels to go down there and read the word of God. Torment these demonic spirits with the word of God. Marinate them right now. In Jesus' name. Now, brother, I didn't cast them out of you because if I did, then they would just come back in sevenfold if you haven't been willing to accept Jesus Christ. So I hope that gives you a little bit of relief. Just start taking out a couple deep breaths. But if you'll stick with us and keep coming back, we're going to keep praying with you because the Lord loves you. You're here for a reason tonight. You could have been with one of the other 6,000 blog talk radio shows. But God's doing something in your life. Now, I'm going to extend the time here because I wanted to get over to the spiritual warfare portion of the program tonight. And uh, I'm going to take a short break, and then I'm going to be back. And I found the most powerful anointed prayer today. It came in the mail today. This is for you tonight. We're going to pray right now over anybody that's got uh, an illness and infirmity. And I believe we're going to have some breakthrough tonight. So uh, stand by here a moment. I'm going to go to a break. And then I will be right back, and we're going to do some live spiritual warfare prayer. And I'm going to agree for your healing tonight. For anybody that has an illness, an infirmity, we're going to pray for it tonight. Okay, so stand by, and uh, I'll be right back. This is a live show. Today is Wednesday, October the 20th. Stand by. Are you ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and tune in each night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific to the Omega Man Radio Network with your host, Shannon Ray Davis. Omega Man Radio is taking enemy territory for Jesus Christ, Yahshua preaching the gospel of the Messiah, and ministering in deliverance and miracle healing. Add some great guest interviews, and you have the recipe for fresh oil for the airwaves. Tune in at OmegaManRadio.com. Do you listen to other radio programs and then say, where's the beef? Tune in each day to Omega Man Radio, the show that will put meat on your spirit man's bones. Who whips the cream of your morning coffee? Who shares your dream? Who is combing your hair? What makes Keeping you laughing Who shares your dream Now that I'm not there 
it in the name of Jesus Christ. We put you on notice. We bind you, you wicked power. We come against you from the third heaven. And seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. High above you, high above principalities, powers, thrones, dominions. High above world rulers, kings, princes, and every angelic rank. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke and bind you. And especially we bind you concerning the lives the minds and the bodies of these people who stand here. We rebuke you and every foul spirit that may still have a resting place somewhere in their uh, innermost being. We bind them. For these people have heard the call of God to dedicate and consecrate themselves to God. And you must flee and your host must be defeated utterly. We come against you in the name of Jesus Christ and we bind every foul and wicked spirit that would bind body, mind, soul, any area of their life to keep it from being effective for the Lord. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you and we loose on these people the spirits of power, love, sound mind. We loose the spirits of wisdom, revelation. We loose the spirits of courage. We loose the spirits of power over the enemy. And we loose all the spirits of God to do their office work in and through these people as they go forth. Moreover, we loose the spirit of Elijah to break the power of Jezebel on our land. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you, Lord, uh, to loose the spirit of humility, the spirit of servanthood on everyone here. Let everyone be desirous of taking the place of a servant. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for it. Amen. Okay, and I am back. And uh, I want to read something to you. It came in the middle of the day. Uh, it's an article entitled The Spirit of Death by Carla Boutot. And it's got a warfare prayer in here, which is very powerful. So we're going to pray it here in a moment. I'm going to read. Um, start at the beginning. It says, you can speak death to that bacteria or that viral infection or whatever it is in your body that doesn't belong there. Just like Jesus spoke death to the fig tree. You know, it didn't die immediately, but it gradually subsided so that when they came back, it was dead. So whatever you have in your body, you can speak death to that thing, whether it be abnormal cells, infections, regardless of what it is. You know, I speak death to this tumor, to the cyst, you know, whatever growth, skin cancer. I speak death in the name of Jesus to it. I apply the shed and resurrected blood of Jesus Christ. And I command you to leave my body in Jesus' name. You know, it is written that he has abolished death. I bind the spirit of death that works in my body in Jesus' name. I speak a reversal, a rejuvenation, a quickening, life, the life force. You know, it's powerful. Look at Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. See, you're going to eat your words. Whatever you say, you're going to have it. It's going to fill your belly. So watch your mouth. Proverbs 18, verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's pretty black and white, isn't it? Death and life. So we can either speak death or we can speak life. Don't allow people to speak death over you, and you speak life over others. Okay, now... Look at 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. 
You see, sorrow will work death in your life. Proverbs 15, verse 10, Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. If you hate correction, you're going to subside gradually, like on a greased sliding board, and if you hate reproof, it is a fast, gradual descent to death. Rebellion aids death. Sorrow works with death. Worry and fear work with death. Our bodies were created to live in peace and in harmony. And when you get out of peace and you lose that harmony, things begin to go wrong in your body. You know people who were diagnosed with bipolar? I have known people that were diagnosed with bipolar. Well, you didn't have bipolar last year. What happened? Well, I have a chemical imbalance in my brain. Well, it wasn't out of balance last year. So what happened that caused the chemicals in your brain to get out of balance? A chemical imbalance is caused by something else that is eating at you or fear that rose up in you. Your brain is all locked up in your head. Who's going to mess with your chemicals there? I mean, it, it is something that has happened because it doesn't just happen, does it? There is something that has caused the chemicals to get out of balance. So when we get out of harmony and peace and we move into fear, worry, and stress, then the result is disease. And she has uh, here the word disease spelled D-I-S hyphen E-A-S-E, dis-ease. That's where the word disease came from. The definition of disease is an alteration of the normal state that impairs the performance of the vital functions. It means illnesses. Okay, so we're going to deal with the spirit of death tonight. The spirit of death that came through Adam on every one of us, that, we, that was present the day we were conceived. Death started in a gradual descent, gradually subsiding. She goes on to say, when this first hit me, I realized that I was 23 when I was saved. And so death, without the presence of Jesus' death, was at work from the time I was conceived until the time I was saved. Well, I was saved many years before this became real to me, till it became knowledge that I needed to apply this to my life. So I had to repent of all the years that I had lived and did not acknowledge God for my life. Like, for example, Lord, forgive me for all those times I greased up in baby oil and laid out in the sun. I bind the spirit of death at work in my skin from the sun from abuse. Lord, forgive me for that. Forgive me for every day that I breathed and thank you, thank you for the breath of life that you had given me. You know, like if I smoked, for all the years that I, have, I put harmful things into my body, whatever it was, you know what you've done. I know what I did. I know what I had to repent of. You know what you have to repent of. So that we can take accountability and stop this spirit of death that is working in us and receive the life. Okay, so I'm reading from an article called The Spirit of Death from Carla Boutad. Now, what we're going to do here is uh, we're going to do some praying. And um, I'm going to pray for myself and for you. And uh, all you need to do is just simply be in agreement with it. And uh, this can affect a change for you. Okay, so let's pray right now. And I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. Father, from the time I was born to this day, death has been working in me unhindered. Today I confess that I have even cooperated with the spirit of death by agreeing with the world that everything that they say has to happen to me at a certain time. Forgive me for agreeing with doctors, agreeing with negative words spoken to me by well-meaning friends and family, even words that have come out of my own mouth, cursing myself or cursing others with death, with sickness, with disease, with afflictions, with infirmities, and with fear. Lord, forgive me 
I repent, and today I want to speak the words of life. Holy Spirit, I ask you to help me watch the words of my mouth from this day forward. Help me to speak words of life and edification. I come in agreement today with your word, and I now break and renounce every word spoken curse that has come out of my mouth. Okay, right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take authority over the spirit of death. So just be in uh, agreement with me. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over the spirit of death. Death, you have been abolished by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It is written that he tasted death for every one of us. I come against the curses of generational inherited infirmities that have been working in our bodies that have not been dealt with. I bind and break all inherited infirmities in Jesus' name. Now, you know in your family line what those generational inherited curses are, so just call them out. We break them. Every generational inherited curse, the spirit of infirmity, the spirit of death, all diseases of the eyes that came from the spirit of death, of cataracts, glaucoma, macular degeneration. If you have a condition in your eye, name it right now. I come against floaters in my eyes. I come against strokes in the eyes, all blindness. I bind you and break you in Jesus' name. All nearsightedness or farsightedness. Presbyopia, lazy eye. Astigmatism. In Jesus' name, all diseases of the eyes. Right now, I bind and rebuke you and render you powerless. I bind the spirit of death in our eyes in Jesus' name, and I speak a quickening to our eyes in the name of Jesus. A restoration, a reversal of that gradual subsiding spirit of death that has been working in our eyes. I come against all diseases of the ears. All diseases of the ears right now, I bind the deaf and dumb spirit that is ruler over all conditions of the ears in Jesus' name. Tinnitus, which is ringing in the ears. All deafness, inner ear problems, problems with balance, vertigo, not being able to hear the voice of the Lord. Father God, right now, we speak to their spiritual ears to be opened in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, ears be healed. Foot in the ears, earaches, all earaches in Jesus' name. All diseases of the ears go right now in Jesus' name. I come against all digestive diseases, be they acid reflux, GERD, ulcers. I speak to constipation right now, irritable Bowel syndrome, IBS, hemorrhoids, whatever your condition is, call it out right now. Right now, I bind it and render it powerless. We rebuke it right now. Come out and leave the body, the people of God right now. All infirmities, loose yourself right now and come out in Jesus' name. Apply the shed blood of Jesus from our lips all the way to our bottoms. Lord, every malfunction in our stomachs, the acid in our stomachs, I speak a balance. To all of our stomachs right now in Jesus' name. I come against all fear spirits, fear spirits, fear of the dead, fear of getting old, fear of being evicted and put on the street, fear of dying, fear of suffering, fear of cancer, fear of the future, fear of the unknown, fear of intimacy. All spirits of fear go right now in Jesus' name. I bind you and I command you to go and leave the people of God right now. The spirit over all the spirit of death over all fear spirits go right now in Jesus' name. I come against all tumors, cysts, 
muscular problems, neurological problems, circulatory problems, blood problems right now bind and break the spirit of death over all blood problems, all circulation, all hearts, all heart diseases go right now in Jesus' name. Hearts be healed. Be healed right now. Eyes be healed right now in Jesus' name. All mental problems, all Alzheimer's, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the gradual diminishing of the mind. Right now, go in Jesus' name. Spirits of mind control, double-mindedness. All foul spirits affecting our ability to recall names. We bind you. Loose the people of God right now in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit of death at work in your mind in Jesus' name. All headaches, migraines, all aneurysms in the name of Jesus, I bind you and command you to go right now. Minds be healed right now in Jesus' name. All mental illness, insanity, schizophrenia, MPD, I bind you and rebuke you, and I command you to leave God's people right now. All insanity, leave now in Jesus' name. Go to Jesus to be judged before your time. Bipolar, oppression, depression, go right now in Jesus' name. I bind that spirit of death that wants to lead us and guide us into suicide right now in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit of suicide, death and destruction, the spirit of death wishes in Jesus' name. Hopelessness, we rebuke you. Loose the people of God right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. I bind arthritis in the joints. Come on in the name of Jesus Christ. All arthritis in the knee joints, in the elbows. Loose the people of God right now. Bind up all spirits of bitterness, anger, unforgiveness. We rebuke you. Loose the people right now in Jesus' name. We activate right now the mind of Christ. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, the word says you have the mind of Christ, and He does not, and Christ does not have mental problems, does He? Absolutely not. He is not oppressed, and Christ is not depressed. Right now, I activate the mind of Christ and everyone listening tonight. I activate the mind of Jesus Christ. I come against all diseases of the organs, all diseases of the organs. Lead the people of God right now, in Jesus' name. I bind and break the spirit of death that works in the brain, in the heart, the liver, the kidneys, the lungs, the skin, the eyes, the ears, the stomach, the uterus. The ovaries, the prostate, all testicular cancers, cancers of the male organs, the female organs, of the intestines, colon, pancreas, gallbladder, and hernias. In the name of Jesus, loose the people of God right now. I bind the spirit of death at work in our organs in Jesus' name, and I speak life to our organs right now. I speak life and regeneration. I speak a quickening right now, reversal of damage if you've had a disease-causing damage in any of your organs. I speak a reversal to them right now. In Jesus' name, be restored, be made whole right now in Jesus' name. I sprinkle the blood of Jesus on everybody. We're turning in right now. I want to thank you, Father God, Lord Jesus, for shedding your blood and taking all our sickness and disease. You did not leave anybody almost done, Lord. You did it all. We just receive wholeness right now. We receive healing right now. I come against all diseases in the bones. All arthritis, I rebuke you, and I bind the spirit of death in our bones through arthritis, defects of the spines, disc problems, osteoporosis, cancer of the bones, all feet problems, corns, bunions. Go right now in Jesus' name. 
all ingrown toenails, problems with your toes, your heels, your aches, the spurs, feet problems, knee problems, ankle problems, hip and neck problems, stiff neck, we bind you. Come on in Jesus' name. All ball and joint problems, scoliosis, all diseases of the spine and marrow of the bones. I speak a quickening right now to our bones in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you have taken every sickness and disease. I say right now, bones be healed in Jesus' name. Bodies be healed in Jesus' name. Minds be healed in Jesus' name. Now, according to Psalms 91, it is written that we have been delivered from every noisome pestilence. Now I speak right now to any ill-smelling, infectious, contagious disease or virus inside of you right now. Go in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority over this infection right now and very change. We command that virus to go in the name of Jesus. Show them your power, Father God, right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. All viruses, we bind you. We bind the spirit of death that works in the viruses, the bacteria, and the funguses. I come against all diseases of the mouth. I bind the spirit of death at work in our mouths that cause gum disease, rotting teeth, cavities, loss of teeth, cancers of the mouth, throat, esophagus, and the vocal cords, oral herpes. We bind you. Come out in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you right now that the spirit of death has been abolished, and I speak life into our bodies right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for giving your life, for shedding your blood, and for healing us. Lord, you are our healer. We thank you right now for healing us. Bodies be whole right now. Be made whole in the name of Jesus right now. Lord, every creative miracle that needs to be done in a person's body, Lord, you can replace things that are missing. We thank you and we praise you that you can restore things to wholeness. You can replace those things that are missing and you can take out those things that aren't supposed to be there. I speak blessings of healing, blessings of life, blessings of wholeness and soundness. I speak peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessing to the finances. Strength and resurrection, vitality in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have dealt with the spirit of death. And right now, Father God, in Jesus' name, we receive life. We thank you for the word in Romans 8, verse 2, that says that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I release the spirit of life in Christ Jesus in every one of us. The word says that has made us free from the law of sin and the law of death. And again, in Galatians 3, verse 13, it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Now, receive life right now. Receive the spirit of life. Receive the spirit of life. What you should do right now is just say, I now receive my spirit of life. I now receive the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I receive your spirit, the spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit of life. Thank you for abolishing death for us. Thank you for eternal life, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now I command every familiar spirit of death to leave you now in Jesus' name, every spirit of infirmity. All familiar spirits of infirmity go right now, never to return. All the familiar spirits of sickness, disease, weakness, fatigue, stupor, laziness, all spirits that came down the family lines of death and infirmity, die right now in the name of Jesus, you foul spirits. Come out right now in Jesus' name. And I say to you people, live right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
Wow, that's a powerful prayer right there. And um, I receive it. I hope you do too. Well, right now, I want to just pray for the uh, the people out there um, that are looking for jobs right now. I want to lift up um, brothers and sisters. Father God, you know the need of the hour. We've got several brothers and sisters that are taking tests for government jobs. Father God, I ask that you let them pass with flying colors and that you would loose angels to go create favor with the employers, that they will get the government job that they need. Father God, there's others that are applying for jobs in the secular realm, that they have, they've lost their job, God, and they need a new job right now. Father God, I'm asking that you would create a job if need be, that you would loose angels to go out there and create favor for them as they're putting in the applications. God, bring the right job to them where they can be prospering again. And uh, Father God, I know that several people have uh, sent in donations in recent weeks to help the ministry, to help the street kids of India. And I got a letter, Father God, from um, individuals that said we are out of work, but we're stepping out in faith that God will honor his word. Father God, those that have given into the ministry, those that have given in to feed the poor and your children, I ask that you would bless them right now. I ask that you would pour out a blessing that they cannot contain. I'm asking God that you would let the blessings overtake them. I'm asking that anybody that needs a job out there right now, Father God, that you would open the door and match them with the right job, that they can be back to work and earning income. I'm asking for a financial blessing on the people of God out there right now. To apply the blood of Jesus to them, I'm asking that you would create favor among men with your heavenly angels. Right now, I'm loose the ministering spirits of God out right now. Father God, we put a wall of fire of the Holy Spirit around the, the believers out there tonight for their protection. Apply the blood of Jesus. Sprinkle the blood of Jesus on everybody listening tonight. I break any hexes and vexes and curses and spells that have been sent against you. Any word curses that have been sent against you, even by believers. We bind them right now and command them to go back to the demon that sent them sevenfold on the head of the demon. I bind up any witchcraft or demons that have been sent against you or trying to ask or project to attack you. We bind them away from you and command them to go back to, to the demon that sent them sevenfold on their head. I bind any attacks that have come through your sleep at night. We bind up any incubus, succubus, Asmodeus, Osmodeus, any spirit husband or spirit wife, any attacks that have come against the people of God through the dreams, we bind them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Command them to loose the people of God in Jesus' name. Loose the spirits of peace and love and joy and sound mind. Loose wisdom and knowledge in you right now in accordance with Ephesians 1 and 17. Father God, uh, I know that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of fear, but of peace, love, and a sound mind. And so we're at the crossroads, we know, in history. And God, we need to make some difficult decisions in the days ahead. I'm asking 
that you would make it very clear to those tuning in tonight where it is that you would have them to be geographically. If they need to move God, I'm asking that you would show them where and provide the resources and finances to get to where you want them to go. We ask God that you would loose your Holy Spirit to go out and convict any of our lost loved ones that need to come to Christ in Jesus' name. Father God, I'm asking you to soften the hearts out there of anybody that uh, does not know your son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. We ask that you would reveal yourself to Buck Wilds in Jesus' name. We cover him also in the blood of Jesus. Dan Drizzle, Dan Bizzle, we bind the strong men in you right now. We cage up all your demons. I apply the blood of Jesus to you right now. I ask God the loose angels to go in right now and minister to him. Show them your power, Father God, in your reality. If you need to give them a vision of hell, do it. But God, we don't want anybody to miss out and lose their soul and go into eternity without your son. So whatever it takes, God, shake us. God, do not let us be deceived. We ask that you would drop the scales off of our eyes. I bind all schizophrenia, all multiple personality disorders right now. I cage you demons up and I command you to be bound up in the name of Jesus Christ and go in the cage. I'm asking God to lose ministering spirits to these people in the name of Jesus. And again, God, I'm asking for a financial blessing tonight on everyone that is tuning in live or on the MP3. They need a job, God. Give them the job we ask in Jesus' name that they need. Bless them financially in the name of Jesus Christ. Apply the blood of Jesus to everyone listening, to your family members, to your vehicles, to your home, to your bank account in the name of Jesus Christ. We're asking God for supernatural wisdom. You said that if any man needs wisdom, he only needs to ask. I'm asking God for a quad portion. Not a double portion, a quad portion of wisdom for everyone tuning in tonight. And along with the wisdom, God, give us knowledge and understanding that we can apply it in Jesus' name. And, you know, Buck Wilds, it's according to your faith, brother. So, um, you know, the word says that as a believer, you can come boldly into the throne room of grace. And that's what we're doing tonight. We're coming in, we're making our petitions, and we're... Asking it in the name of Jesus Christ, who's seated at the right hand of the Father, who's in the highest of the heavens, high above all the principalities and powers and thrones and rulers of darkness, meaning above all these demonic spirits we've been binding up tonight, and we're taking authority over. I speak healing to your mind out there, Dan Bizzle and Buck Wilds. We're asking for restoration to your brain cells in the name of Jesus. I bind up any demons out here that have come unto the people of God through the pornography gateway, through looking at internet porn. We bind them right now in Jesus' name. Go to the cage. Any demonic spirits that have come in through alcohol, through marijuana use, through using crack and methamphetamines, we bind you up right now. Go into a cage in Jesus' name. Any foul spirits that are remaining, we cage you up in the name of Jesus Christ. And I, I'm asking God that you would loose your Holy Spirit fire to go in there and burn out any other demons. 
that are being disobedient to this command in Jesus' name. And I'm asking that you would fill the voids with your Holy Spirit. God, I, I ask right now that those that need the baptism of the Holy Spirit will be filled to overflowing right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask that you would give us dreams and visions. Speak to us, Father God, and give us our instructions in this late hour. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I say be healed right now, folks, in Jesus' name. Or whatever you need healing of, be healed right now. I want to thank you, Father God, and we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that you're doing tonight, in Jesus' name. We pray for our leaders. Right now, I bind all foul spirits in the White House. I bind and cage all demons that may be in Obama, his wife, and in the grandmother. The one that's doing the Santeria witchcraft, we bind all those foul spirits. Be bound up and be weakened right now, you foul spirits that came in through Santeria into the White House. Be caged up right now in Jesus' name. I bind the strong man and all the demons in the Pope right now. We bind all foul spirits in King Juan Carlos and Netanyahu and Hillary Clinton. We bind and cage your demons right now. And right now, Father God, I ask that you would dry up the finances of any of these politicians that represent the New World Order that are running for our seats in Congress right now. We bind them up in the name of Jesus. We command their demons to be bound up and go into the cage right now in Jesus' name. And I lose confusion and blindness on the demons in the name of Jesus. I command civil war amongst all the demons. They would turn on each other and rend each other in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm asking God that you would drop the skills off of our leaders' eyes right now. That they will see the error of their ways before it's too late. You said pray for our leaders. That's what we're doing tonight, Father God. We know that these demons are manipulating mankind. We bind them up right now. Any demonic spirits in President Obama, we bind them and cage them up right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I sprinkle the blood of Jesus on him, Michelle Obama, and on the grandmother up there and the kids right now in Jesus' name. And right now we lift up Michael Douglas, Father God, a Jewish brother that uh, came out in support of the New World Order along with Oprah, but you love him too. And I enjoyed his movies, Father God, as a side note. And when we lift him up, he's dying of cancer right now. He has no by man's standards, but we know that you're the great healer. And his father is about 93. He could go at any day. And his son, Cameron, is in jail. Father God, we lift up this family right now, the Douglas family. We looked at Michael Douglas right now. I bind the spirit of infirmity and the spirit of cancer in him. I curse you right now. Dry up right now in the name of Jesus. Just like Jesus cursed the fig tree. Curse you, spirit of infirmity. Loose him right now. Come out of him right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, loose your angels, we ask, to go in there and cut the tail off of this cancer that has manifested in his body. We speak healing to Michael Douglas right now. God, I ask that you would drop the scales off of his eyes and help him to have a Damascus experience like the Apostle Paul did. Give him a vision of hell, Father God, whatever he needs to shake him right now to his core before it's too late. We stand in the gap for him. 
We break any witchcraft attacks that have come against him. And we bind the spirit of infirmity and command you cancer to come out of him in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind and arrest all the demonic spirits in Michael Douglas, and I command you to be caged in Jesus' name, and also that of Kirk Douglas. And I ask that you bring Cameron in, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Whatever it takes, God, save his soul right now. In the name of Jesus, we stand in the gap for Michael Douglas. Father God, there may be nobody else praying for him, but we're praying for him tonight. And one man or one woman can make a difference. Binding and loosing. You gave us the keys of the King, Lord Jesus, and we bind the spirit of infirmity in him. We loose healing into him right now. And be healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I sprinkle the blood of Jesus over him, and I ask that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit, Father God. That he'll start praising your name. That's not beyond the realm of possibility. We lift him up tonight. That whole family. In the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God. I'm asking that you unloose ministering spirits into where Michael Douglas is at right now. In Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. I thank you for this opportunity of fellowship tonight. Speak a blessing out on Melody Vernola, on Elise, on Mike Bradford, on Clemster, on John 101, on Ephesians 611, on Buck Wilds, on Set the Captives Free, on Bombs, um, on everybody, God, and listening right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask that you loose ministering spirits after them on location right now to meet their needs. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you the honor and the praise and the glory. Oh, and Father God, we need to also lift up tonight Brother Al Cuppet's son, Ronald. We speak healing to his eyes right now. He's got an eye that's uh, about to pop out. It's hemorrhaging. We speak healing to right now. We command the spirit of infirmity to loose his eye in the name of Jesus Christ. Be healed, Ronald, right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We cover your eye in the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. We ask that you would restore relationships between husband and wife, between children and their parents. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and thank you tonight. Amen. Wow. Well, praise God. Folks, I believe the prayer I just prayed. And you know, there's power in agreement. Where two or three are gathered, Jesus Christ is in the midst. And he was in the midst tonight. I believe that. So we want to thank Father God right now for all that he's doing. And um, we're going to be back on the air tomorrow night. I've got Al Cuppet. He's going to join us, give us a situation report. Um, he's going to bring us up to date on a few things that are going on with the U.S. Marshal's office with the recent uh, move to uh, kill the elderly by cutting off their nitroglycerin prescriptions. And uh, we're going to have uh, Dr. Pat Holiday back on Saturday night. We're going to pick up with the school deliverance. If you have anybody that needs prayer, needs deliverance, uh, the number is going to be 917-889-2745. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with them. Get them on the phone line, and we've got three hours to pray. 
And uh, God always does a miracle on Saturday night. Praise God for what he's doing. There's a witch, five witches that have been saved. We had a warlock last week that was digging up corpses and taking their skulls. He was set free in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Spirit. We thank God for what he's doing out there. And uh, we're going to be doing also a feeding this weekend. The kids in Vizag, if uh, anybody would like to support us in that effort, we would like to do it every week. We can feed 50 to 100 kids and widows. And uh, we'll actually have the pictures that we'll give back to you. And folks, uh, I mean, you bless the poor, it's as if you've went to God and God will repay. You know, if I could get everybody to get $2, we could get 100 people to give $2, um, you know, we could feed the kids. You know, there's power in numbers out there. So we've got out to uh, feed this week, and I praise God for that and for those that uh, are supporting. And um, lift us up in prayer, folks. We need your prayers. And uh, we're going to be ramping up doing more shows, the Lord willing. I also want to make an announcement that um, – we're going to be going on WCR starting Halloween night. Uh, Sundays at 5 p.m. We'll be on uh, National Shortwave. God has opened the door up there. It's going to cost us $100 a week. We've got enough for the first month. Praise God for that. So we're going to step out in faith and take this message uh, uh, nationwide in addition to the Blog Talk Network. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio. Clemster, John 101, Inquisitive Jack, everybody out there, uh, if I missed anybody, forgive me. Good night, and thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you again very soon, tomorrow night, in fact. Good night.